don't even know what we argue about Don't even say I love you no more Saying how we feel is no longer allowed Some people things out And some just don't know how to change Let's don't wait till the water's dry We might watch our whole lives pass us by Let's don't wait till the water's dry What is going on, everybody? Hopefully, you guys are all doing well out there. Thank you very much um, for tuning in today. I want to thank everybody that has contacted me just in the last week or so. Certainly, all time. We've been doing these for five, six years now. Um, so I appreciate anybody that's contacted me along the way. But the last couple of weeks have been really, uh, really great. I mean, I've heard from a lot of different people. Um, some people I've never heard from before. Some people that might just be picking up the show um, just recently. And that's um, that's great. Thanks for, you know, thank, I, I can't thank you guys enough for tuning in. I don't do these for uh, sponsorship money. You know that. I don't do these for... Um, to try to move up in this industry. God knows that. Um, I really do them for you guys. And the fact that uh, people out there are enjoying them or not enjoying them, it doesn't really matter. To me, I studied um, business and I studied marketing in, in college. And one of the things I remember one of my marketing teachers would tell me was in the entertainment business, if you're a radio host or an actor or you know a personality like that, I'm not compare i'm not putting myself into that vein again this is a sports card podcast and it's not like we have a a nielsen rating above 0.0001 or anything like that but um i remember my marketing teacher would always tell me you know if people love or hate you in the entertainment business it's the exact same thing look at like rush limbaugh or look at, you know, I think of politics the most because that tends to drive the, the biggest divide between people. And so um, if you love my podcast, that's great. I really appreciate it. If you hate it, I really think I've done my job as well as kind of a podcaster because if you hate me, um, I, I feel like I've entertained you at least enough for, for that to have happened. So I appreciate everybody that have contacted me over the last uh, week or so. It's been really, really nice to hear from everybody. And I try to make these as entertaining as possible. And I try to get as fired up as I, I possibly can. Um, and typically, well, I know that we we have, you know, people picking up our podcast. Some of you might have listened in the past. Maybe, you know, podcasts aren't for everybody. And certainly listening to every single one isn't for everybody as well. But um, those of you that don't know me very well, um, I used to own a card shop. I, I sold, I bought and sold boxes online when I was in a call. I, I remember being in a college, I was in college and I had a dorm room and I remember, you know, having all this tops finest basketball or tops upper deck glass basketball and all these different products in my dorm room. And I would send them out and my, my roommates would sometimes be curious and ask me about cards and ask me what I was doing and how I was making not very much money, but I was making a little bit here and there. And um, it was always fun to, to, to be involved in this business. And then later I opened a card shop, ran into some tough times, 2008. I know 
I mean, I was just at the building. Literally, I was just at the building I used to rent a, a space from uh, to have my car shop, and I was just there. The owner of the building's not there anymore, so he's gone. I don't think he really went bankrupt, but he couldn't afford the lease on the building anymore. And now there's a really nice restaurant there, and so I was, um, I'm fortunate enough to be able to afford not a bunch of stuff, but I'm fortunate enough now to be a little bit better off than I was back when I owned a cart shop. And so uh, it was nice to have a nice meal in there. And, and there's a young lady that owns a shop uh, now that's kind of a boutique store and she's in the, the space I used to rent in. So it was kind of cool um, just being back there, you know, just about an hour ago. Um, so those of you that don't know, and then I went, when I was in college, all this time I'm in college, I'm studying business. And so that's why our podcast, that's why my podcast uh, leans toward the business end is not because I'm trying to be some business mogul. It's because that's what I studied in college. That's what I've been trying to work myself up for my whole life. And really what I do now, if you're anybody's curious, I don't think anybody is, but if you are, I, I invest in the stock market. I read 10 Qs and I read annual reports and I listen to conference calls and I look at PowerPoints of all kinds of different businesses. And I would say 90% of them, if I had enough money, you need, typically you need a little bit more in your, uh, your brokerage account than I do to go short a company because you need to borrow shares and often that's on margin. I don't feel like risking that kind of money and really don't have that kind of money, to be honest. Um, I, I am hoping to get there at one point in my investing career, but that's what I do every day. I invest in companies. I find ones with good leaders, good operators, good business models, and, and often bad business models. I'm hoping to, to continue to save up money so I can start going short companies because honestly, every 10 company, every 100 companies I read, read about, uh, I would invest maybe in one of them. Maybe not even that. There, every day I read about a company where I'm like, this guy's an idiot that's running this company. This guy's, this product sucks. This, you know, the way they market this product or the way they do this is is, an, is idiotic. And, um, you know, I so I do the same thing in cards. And so forgive me. if It's not for everybody. If you want to just hear the pump and dump, go buy this, go buy this. I just got a box from Tops. Go buy this. There's plenty of other outlets out there for you to do that but as you as you maybe remember on the last show 2013 almost all of 2013 panini football products had got cut in price by 40 50 percent there's no there was nobody nobody in this hobby telling you that was going to happen on a regular basis and so i like to try to come in here and, and try to at least help you guys maybe save a little money and I think people appreciate that, and that's why I get a lot of feedback. And I really, again, I really appreciate all the feedback I've gotten over the last week on the show, and good or bad, I, especially the bad. If you guys don't like the show, if you guys don't enjoy something, or if you want to hear me talk about something, or you want to hear me stop talking about something, by all means, please contact me, and I will give your your thoughts the utmost attention and, and the utmost um, kind of thoughts going forward. So I just wanted to say that before we got going today. So let's get rolling. Five minutes, six minutes in. Why don't I tell you what's going on today? Um, if you haven't already looked at the title of the show or read the show notes, um, I'm often kind of negative. 
And it's really easy to be negative when prices of 2013 product goes down 30%, 40%, and, and you know, two months after it comes out, I'm often negative about a lot of these employees at these companies who, it, you know, let's be honest, it's just a paycheck for them. They don't really care about you or really care about cards or really even care about Panini or Tops. It's really just a, a paycheck for them and a next move on up to the next level. And so I'm sometimes critical of that. Um, but today, before we, before I get into my kind of negative spin, I want to talk about a couple positive things that I see going on. Two real positive, more entertainment and, and informational uh, kind of things going on in the hobby that I've seen from two individuals. And one we're actually going to bring on today's show for an interview. And I'm sure you see that in the title of today's show that we have an interview guest. And I'll talk about that in a second. So I'll talk about two real positive things that I've really enjoyed that have actually entertained me fully to the fullest extent the last um, couple weeks that I've been kind of following these things. So I'll talk about that. I want to talk about the vendors, quote, vendors that uh, Panini and Tops use and some of the complications there that you might run into. DA Card World, you know, my favorite retailer that was doing illegal raffles uh, last week and the week before. Oh my gosh, guys, hold hold the phone, hold, stop the presses. DA Card World has stopped doing illegal raffles, and I wonder why. Certainly, some idiot on a podcast and some guy with you know 500 followers on Twitter certainly didn't put a stop to that. So we'll talk about DA Card World <laughs> stopping their raffles, which is about the smartest thing I've seen them do in a couple months. And is box breaking illegal? And I love this talk on Twitter. There's been a lot of talk if box breaking's legal or illegal. And not to spoil my second, I have no idea. I'm not a lawyer. A lawyer almost always bases their opinion off previous rulings, previous, it's called case law. A lawyer is, is gonna give you his opinion based on a law that has been tested in court before. Now, there is, I mean, obviously group breaking is kind of new and it's its not really, we're not talking about a multi-billion dollar business here, um, so or even a multi-million dollar business. So um, the, there is no real case law on the books. Nobody's gone as far as saying, you know, I'm going to sue you guys. Now, people have sued the card manufacturers, especially back in the early 90s when it was hot. They got, they got sued to two different times, two very key cases. One was by a group of, I think, a father and some other people wanted, that's why you have no purchase necessary on packs. That's why you don't necessarily have to buy a pack to get the cards inside um, because of a, some no purchase necessary case law that was established. That is why Panini and Tops and pretty much any manufacturer needs to put uh, no purchase necessary offers on all their packs. The other case law I, I, I found this last week or so by doing some digging is there actually is some case law on the book about uh, sports card grab bags. More specifically in California, California actually has something ironed out that literally inside the law actually talks about sports cards, talks about sports card grab bags, and talks about how grab bags themselves aren't illegal but a grab bag where there is a grand prize or more grand, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to say this, but there are better prizes, I guess, in certain grab bags than others. That is actually illegal in California and in other states. I didn't dig into a bunch of other states, but the fact that it's California has set precedent 
for grab bags essentially being illegal, that also makes you makes a lot of people in the business assume that grab bags would be illegal elsewhere. Not that California is a genius, or certainly not. Especially the lawmakers here certainly have blundered lots of things. You know, when you're the like the fourth largest or eighth largest economy in the world, California is not just the United States and the whole world. We're like one of the largest economies. And, you know, the city I lived in went bankrupt and some other bad things. We were like in huge debt, I think, in California. So not that those guys are geniuses, um, but there is some precedent there. And is box breaking illegal? I don't know. Like I said, I don't think anybody's pushed it that far. But I love the conversation. I think there's people out there, oh, why are we even talking about if group breaking is illegal or legal or not? Guys, if you invest in, again, I told you 10 minutes ago what I do for a living. I investigate companies and inside every annual report. And if it's not, if I, this is actually one of the first things I go to when I discover a new company. Say I don't know any, like the other day I was looking into a company that made biodegradable plastic bags. There's an industry. I don't know much about the plastic bag industry, let alone biodegradable plastic bags. So I didn't know much about the industry. First thing I did was, you know, bring up the annual report, see what this company says about their business. The first section I go to, it's usually not in the 10, not in the quarterly reports, but in, unless there's like significant changes, they put it in the annual report, put out once a year, whenever their year rolls over, it's either in January or some other part of the year. The first thing I go look at is risk factors. And it's often you read, that's often the first thing I read when a company, I don't want to hear the good stuff. I don't want to hear how you've grown your revenue quarter over quarter. I don't want to hear all this BS the CEO is going to spew out of any company. I don't care if it's bottled water, a biodegradable bag or, or tops. The CEO of every company is going to tell you the exact same sunny, rosy story. So that's why I don't ever pay, almost never pay attention to those guys unless I find that they're truly leaders and they're, they're truly innovative, like a Steve Jobs, like a Bradley Jacobs, like apparently the Costco CEO is. Even the Amazon CEO is absolutely insane, but is you know, create a lot of shareholder value for a company that doesn't make any money. But I read through the risk factors. And if you were to do a group, say you were to go, say you were to do something wild, like go public as a group breaker. And obviously you'd never be able to do that because you guys would, you know, you don't need to raise any money for one. And and number two, you wouldn't have any investors except for a bunch of idiots that wanted to invest in group breaking. But let's say you did. The SEC would require you guys to say, hey, is group breaking even legal? And you guys would have to write a whole report out on if it was legal, you'd have to say, here's why it's legal. If it wasn't legal, you'd have to probably stop your business. But let's say it's in the gray area like group breaking is. You'd have to explain that all to investors and say, guys, we don't even know if our product that we're selling is legal. But here are the reasons why we think it's legal. Here are the reasons why it might not be legal to sell into group breaks. And the fact that I'm, I'm, I'm glad people are finally waking up to the fact that this is actually good. This is what, if you go to school like, like I did and go to business school, you take a class that actually says risk factors and here are the risks to doing this business and here's what you need to, uh, to tell shareholders or investors or even yourself. Be honest with yourself. If you're expecting a paycheck from group breaking, let's figure out the risk factors. So I'm glad people are starting to at least say, hey, maybe group breaking is not even legal. 
and and since I'm already on this topic, I'm just going to run with it here, and we'll get to the other more positive stuff and some other stuff here in a second. But here's my here's just my opinions on group breaking. I'll let you guys give me feedback, or I'll let you guys take these and run with it in your own communities or whatever you feel like. And these are again just my opinions. I'm not an attorney. I, again, I don't think attorneys are very not necessarily the most intelligent people. Because they need to always rely, their opinion is always based on some other case that some other lawyer tried. And so if there's no case out there, a lawyer's not going to tell you whether group breaking is legal or not. Because there's really not a whole lot out there that they can probably compare it to. So it's kind of new ground. And here's the reason, here's, here's some situations that I think are illegal. And if you want to get into group breaking or if you want to buy into them or, or whatever it is, or maybe you, you own a forum where group breaking goes on, or maybe you have a platform where some of this goes on, you might want to be aware of this. So the first one is, is a group break where nobody gets anything or like it's a one-packed product. So we have a gold standard or we have even like a national treasures or a tops, uh, you know, even tops triple thread, I think only has two packs and maybe, you know, 15, 16 cards. So the odds of, you know, all, you know, all 30, there's not even 30 cards in inside the box. So certainly every, everybody that drafts a team is not going to get a card. And so let's, that just sound that imagine if we were buying bottles of water like that, Let's take cards out of it. Let's take something that people typically gamble for. At. Let's just talk about water. Let's just talk about your water bill. If you gave your water bill, if you sent your, whoever does your city water, you know, $30 for your water bill every month. And let's see you gave them $30 and it was, you know, it was for 30 gallons of water or something like that. But some months you get 60 gallons and some months you get five gallons and some months you get no gallons. So you got to be borrowing water from your neighbor. Does that sound very legit? Does that sound like it would be legal? That's the exact same thing. I don't care if it's water or it's sports cards. The exact same thing happens in cards. If I buy into a break and I get nothing, it doesn't matter if I was buying water or sports cards. It's the same difference. And so I would consider any break where I get nothing that is absolutely, I would, I would argue that's probably absolutely illegal. And I would make sure I didn't offer breaks or I would try to not offer breaks uh, where somebody got nothing. The next kind of break I'm almost, almost certain would be illegal if you had to test it in a court of law. If you got sued and this can, all these, the no purchase necessary for sports cards and some of these other laws they got set up because an angry father or an angry customer was a lawyer or an attorney and he ended up suing one of the companies because he saw dollar signs. And the exact same thing can happen to you if you're into this group breaking. Certainly if you're just doing it for, you know, for fun or you do once a month or, or whatever, you know, hey, what am I? Even if I was a real, you know, wacko attorney, I probably wouldn't come after you. But there's some of these group breakers that that like to grab their, you know, what, and wave it around and and say, oh, I make a hundred thousand or I make a million. And certainly, when I was first trashing on these guys, you know, seven eight months ago about this stuff, they were all coming at me saying how much money they had and how they were going to call these attorneys and and get me for slander and all this stuff. And none of that materialized because these guys really don't have that much money. But another group break. I would consider to be illegal is if the the random team style break where I buy in for everybody pays about the same price. 
you know, 30, we all pay $30 for a spot in this case. And then we do a random.org where all my name, my names are lined up with the NFL team. So I might end up with the Redskins. I might end up with the 49ers. I might end up with the Seahawks. I might end up with the Broncos. I don't know. I would consider that absolutely illegal. Because again, let's go back to our bottled water example. Let's say I go to Alhambra and say, hey guys, you know, there's a group of us that all want to buy water from Alhambra and we all give Alhambra $30. Well, let's say Alhambra does a random off and some of us get 10 gallons of water. Some of us get five gallons of water. Some of us get one gallon of water. Does that seem, would, first of all, you wouldn't do that as a consumer. Why would you do that? Why would you why would you go buy water and have some and pay the same price as somebody get more than you and some people get less than you doesn't seem right. The, it, when you go to a court of law they're not going to say, "Oh, well guys, this is sports cards and you know, it's inherent that you don't that you don't know what you're going to get." Nah, it's all treated the same way. So I would consider random team style breaks where it's all random. Again, a raffle is defined by consideration buying in with money consideration is considered i buy in for the 30 dollars for the break and it's all by chance and it doesn't matter if i get a grand prize if everybody wins again and everybody wins raffle is still illegal it doesn't matter if one person wins 10 people win five people win 10 million people win a raffle is a raffle it's all defined the same way under under law and that makes it easier for lawmakers and and judges to to make rulings and so in a, a random style break where I don't know what team I'm going to get, I, I consider that fully illegal. The other thing about group breaking that just leads me to think that it's all illegal, that it's probably all, it doesn't matter if it's a random team, doesn't matter if, you know, one or two people, if, if it's a one hit product and we all buy 30 teams and only one or two people get cards, that I think is illegal too. But even if you're picking your team, PayPal will give you your money back every single time, even if you get the cards. Okay, let's hit the pause button on the podcast here, and let's think about that. Let me repeat that. If you buy into a break, and I get a team, doesn't matter if I pick the Redskins, or I randomly assign the Redskins, or for some reason I end up with the Redskins, I get them. Guy opens, box breaker whoever opens the box. I get a Robert Griffin autograph. He sends it to me. He sends me the Robert Griffin plus any of the ba- Alfred Morris and all the other base cards I'm supposed to get. He sends them to me. I go to PayPal and I say, hey, I explain exactly what I did. I bought into this group break where I bought this team and I didn't know what I was going to get or I bought into this break and I was randomly assigned the Redskins. Either one, doesn't matter. And I got these cards. I want my money back. What is PayPal going to do? They're going to give you your money back every single time. So that makes me think, wow, if your payment processor will give money back under every circumstance, I don't even have to send the Robert Griffin back. That's real scary to me. If I had a business where somebody could buy in, I could legitimately run this group break, legitimately do everything, and the guy can get his money back no matter what, even if I send him the items. That sounds real shady to me. Certainly not a business I'd want to feed my family on. God, God forbid. 
sure, if you're doing this for pennies and, and doing this to meet, meet some friends in a community or whatever, guys that say that are full of shit. These guys are doing this for money. And so if you're doing this for money and doing it for a profit, wouldn't you want to make sure it's, a le it's legal? The money you're making is legal and it's sustainable? Again, legal equals sustainable. You guys can get away with this for 6, 7, 8, 12, 24, 48 months. I don't care how long it is. You can make 10 grand. You can make 100 grand. You can make a million. The more money you make, the more scared you should get because that's the fines are going to be... <laughs> They're going to come after your money. That's usually what happens. That's probably why some of you guys haven't gotten... That's why nobody's really concerned about this because it's just little money, little money. But I, have, I know guys that are trying to make this their living, trying to feed their family on this group-breaking money. And if it's not legal, whew, imagine telling that to your wife or your kids one day. Hey, kids, we were making you know $2,500 a month doing these group breaks. Well, it's not legal anymore. I got to go find a job. Huh, that's too bad. Or the fact that these guys don't make that much and then and then it gets find out, oh, you're doing these illegal raffles. It's a thousand. It's a, you know, we're going to find group breaker ABC $10,000 or we're going to freeze the $8,000 that's in his PayPal account. You guys aren't going to get that money back. None of you guys have that much money. So it makes me very concerned. But I am happy to see that people are actually discussing this now, discussing the legalities. And I'm not sitting here saying I know all the answers and I know it all. I don't know it all. I'm assuming on a lot of this stuff. But the number one thing I always fall back on is PayPal will give you Give your customers their money back even if you provide even if you perform your duties as a seller A, B, and C just perfectly. It's it, it's okay to talk about if group breaking is illegal, and I encourage all of you to continue that discussion and ask people even smarter, even smarter, much smarter than I am, and much more in tune with laws and in tune with things. Ask them. And the last thing I would do is if you're in group breaking, you guys might want to band together. If you think this is going to be your career and this is your career path, you guys might want to band together. Maybe not with everybody, but get a couple of the guys together and try to legitimize this. One thing I've always thought is buying your team, either buying the Jets or buying the Redskins or buying the Raiders, it's based on skill. Yeah, we are all fans of these teams, but if I'm just in it for the money or in it to get the best cards, there is some skill involved. So you could possibly, I mean, again, this is possibly, I'm, I'm really throwing this out as just kind of a wild idea, but you could possibly argue buying into a group break is actually skill-based, which would take away kind of a gambling form of it and would legitimize it a little bit better. But I would try to legitimize it with my payment processor. Because like I said, guys can just roll you with PayPal. They can buy into these group breaks either with an e-check or not with an e-check. The more and more popular this group, if you guys want to get, I know everybody in the group breaking business think this is like the most popular thing ever. And if it continues to get, and it really is, it actually, it's not the most popular thing ever, but it has gotten more and more popular. Remember, I talk about group, I talked about group breaking back in 2008. So I, uh, you know, more than almost anybody knows how pop more how much more popular it is now than it was back in 2008. And if you guys think it's going to continue that way, 
more and more people are going to roll you guys. And certainly next year when it's actually hot and you can get $100 cards maybe a little more easily than you can now and $1,000 cards a little bit easier than you can now, you better believe your guys are going to all get scammed next year multiple times, all the time. And certainly as idiots like me talk about on a podcast, I give the ideas to these guys. And I'm doing that for a reason. It goes back, all the way back to my first argument about this whole thing. You guys need to think about these risk factors. Instead of saying, oh, it won't happen to me. I won't get caught doing illegal raffles. I, you know, PayPal has bigger things to do than worry about a group breaker. You know, the FBI has better things to do than worry about a group breaker. Well, maybe you're right. But what if you're wrong? What if you're wrong and they do care about you? And they do come after you and they do fine you or they do ask for their if you do a bunch of gift payments on PayPal and they ask for their 10 G's back. What are you going to do? Most of you guys are going to have to ask your mom and dad for money. These are things you want to think about. Some freaking moron on a podcast is saying you're doing something illegal. Stop. That's better than the DOJ. It's better than a police officer. It's better than someone at PayPal. I'd be be like, thanks, dude. I didn't know that. Thanks for, you know, just in case somebody decided to come bust me. You just saved me. Thanks. Of course, I don't expect anybody to do that. And I don't want them to. I don't need them to. My ego's not that big. I don't need to be thanked. Again, I'm doing a lot of this for entertainment. Some of this is entertaining, and based on the feedback I've gotten over the last several weeks, mainly through email, a little bit through Twitter, but mainly through email, a lot of people find this to be entertaining. So I'm glad I've been able to do that, at the very least. Let's move on. D.A. Card World, folks. Remember on the last show, I told you they were doing these illegal raffles, and they said they were going to take them down, but they didn't. And they ended up putting more up. Well, that, you know... You can imagine how how ups how that fired me up even more. And DA Cardwell, if you're listening, you're lucky I didn't just call the police department over in Takawanda or wherever the hell your stupid business is. And you're lucky I didn't just email PayPal directly. I have friends that work at PayPal. And I'm an eBay shareholder. And for all the you geniuses out there that can't connect the dots, eBay owns PayPal. So you guys are cheating fees, you're cheating me. And believe me, if you think I get if you think I get fired up as a shareholder, there's guys that own much more of a piece of this stuff that would be equally as pissed off as you guys. They're typically out in Pebble Beach or driving their new Ferrari. I'm not there yet. But that's not the only reason why I do this. I want to make it clear. The reason why I did this with DA Cardwell is for two reasons. Number one, everybody was going to copy them. Everybody was looks at DA Cardwell as this big, big uh, company and this uh, this legend in the in the in the box selling industry. And maybe they are, maybe they're not. But all these freaking idiots that are 14, 17, 18, 19 years old trying to are just going to copy them. Oh, DA Cardwell is doing raffles. It must be illegal. It must be legal. It must be above board. I'm going to do the same thing. I didn't want that to happen. Number two, DA Cardworld was risking a lot. They had over $10,000 worth of raffles on their 
on their uh, on their website the other day. If they got caught, they were going to face a minimum ten thousand dollar fine. And like I explained on the last show, the owners of DA Carbold are not driving Ferraris. Guarantee you, I was in this business. I sold cards. I sold boxes of cards. That company doesn't have $10,000 just laying around that they can say, oh, here, DOJ, here's our fine. Sorry. They were going to get their PayPal account frozen. Anybody that had orders with them was going to was going to be SOL, as they like to say. Shit out of luck. Least, at least, someone over at DA Card World was smart enough to take these down after I started blasting them on Twitter yesterday and the day before with PayPal and Ask PayPal in, in the same tweets. I think that might have encouraged them a little bit. But that shows you right there. D.A. Cardwell's not going to listen to some stupid podcast. Right? I guarantee you they saw those tweets. Probably typed in real quick on Google. Like, like I said before, it takes five minutes searching around to see if raffles are legal or not. That's why I'm amazed that all you freaking idiots do them. Or, say, or try to argue with people. Oh, raffles aren't illegal. Oh, ra-. Take five minutes to look on the fucking internet. In some states, even being a charity... And running a raffle is illegal. And I've seen cases where charities have have faced fines and gotten in trouble. A charity trying to raise money got in trouble by doing a raffle, let alone some dumbass box breaker in New York. And again, the the argument, oh, PayPal doesn't care, or oh, I won't get caught. Have that attitude with everything in your life. Have that attitude with speeding or not wearing a seatbelt or smoking cigarettes or or killing somebody. Have that attitude and see how far it gets you. You all know I don't give a fuck about a sponsor or ad money. That's why nobody's going to be on here blast. I also knew nobody was going to blast DA Cardworld. Because everybody has either ordered for them or or think that maybe DA will sponsor my blog or maybe DA will, will put an ad on my podcast or maybe DA will do this. I don't give a fuck about that. What are they going to give me? 500 bucks? $1,000? <laughs> you guys think I need that? I would not, I still don't trust these guys. The fact that they they went to this, the fact that some idiot over there thought this was a good idea. And if you're doing illegal raffles, it makes me wonder what other shady stuff is going on over there. Pack searching, any of that could easily be going on over there too if you're willing to do illegal raffles. But thankfully they took them down. So I will give DA Cardwell credit to finally listening to some idiot on a podcast and taking this stuff down. But you as a customer out there, I still wouldn't trust them. I don't trust them. They're going to have to prove that to me over a long period of time. So there's plenty of other places to buy boxes. Blowout cards. I, you know, again, they were doing raffles seven months ago. I'm, I don't necessarily trust them, but at least I see that they, they've made an effort to turn things around and not put up raffles months and months after it, it kind of got exposed that these were like the dumbest thing you could possibly do. So that's good. 
But I still don't trust D.A. Carville. And I wouldn't either if I were you. At least for a little while. Moving on. Let's talk about... Really quickly, I want to just mention this. Um, these are from emails and, and conversations I've gotten through people. And I just want to make other people aware of this just in case you're in the same situation. Panini has two different kind of sets that they've come out with. Uh, they've come out with tons of different kind of sets, but two I'm going to talk about here. They come out with those contender cards that are all gold. And typically those were in a redemption and you sent them in. And typically they were immediately available. They were slobbed by Beckett and it was like a 24 karat piece of gold or whatever. Um, and you got that. Um, and those were like one of one. And that's typically in almost every contender's product for the last couple years. Um, they also had the HRX video cards that were in certain products. I think totally certified and maybe another one in Panini. Okay, you haven't seen either of one of those in a set in a while. And that's because the vendor that they used, again, I don't know. I didn't think I was breaking ground, but a lot of people didn't know Panini and Tops don't even make cards. They don't make the cards. They call somebody else up to have them make it. And so certainly if they can't make cardboard, they sure as hell can't. If they can't put a picture of somebody on a piece of cardboard in their own facility, they sure as hell can't put uh, somebody in a 24-karat piece of gold or make a video card. Those are two separate companies. And I've heard people that are waiting on redemptions for those that it's been a long time and they're kind of getting the runaround from Panini. Well, I got through the grapevine through collectors and other people that have contacted through Panini that I want, I want to now disseminate the information that they've heard. First of all, the video cards, no longer. They were costing probably too much money. They weren't popular, obviously, and it was probably too much work on Panini's end to make them happen. That manufacturer still makes cards. You can call them up if you want your own video card or certainly one that doesn't have a licensed logo or something like that on it, you can certainly go there. Or if you have a license to to Disney or even a card, you can call them up and they'll make video cards. And that's who was making them, not Panini. That's why they were redemptions. So you're, good luck. If you have an outstanding redemption for that, Panini has no doesn't have a relationship with that vendor anymore. That vendor is not going to make any more video cards for Panini. So if they give you the runaround, oh yeah, don't worry, you're you're probably not going to get your video card, and I would probably just settle for something else. But I would try to force Panini to give you something really cool because it's really just shame on them for not being able to handle all this stuff in house and not getting it done. The other thing are the gold cards, and this is even a worse situation because typically these are one of one, and you're going to be the only one complaining. If you have one of these gold redemptions that haven't been filled, you're going to be the only one. And so what is Panini? What, Panini is going to jump out of bed to make one card for one customer that was pulled, you know, eight months ago? No, they don't give a crap about you. They care about their next set that they're going to rip a bunch of people off on. So these gold cards, they don't have, just like the video cards, they don't have a relationship anymore with the vendor that was making the gold card. So good luck if you're waiting on any of those. And I have a collector that's that emailed me and he's waiting on one. And I feel nothing. You guys think group breaking pisses me off or illegal raffles pisses me off. A guy paying his hard-earned money for something and not getting it and having the company say, oh, well... We're broke, basically. We don't want to pay that vendor what they were paying. We they were asking for us. If it what we we learned after the fact, it wasn't profitable or it wasn't really a good idea. So we don't have a relationship anymore. And any outstanding redemptions, you know, again, your SOL, basically. That's not what Panini's telling them, but in so many words, that's really what they're saying. 
we don't have a relationship with those vendors anymore. Well, like they're going to find another vendor. A lot of those vendors have patents. Or they, the reason why they went to that vendor is because he's one of the only ones in the world that does it. How many video card makers do you know? How many car, card makers do you know that, that make 24 karat gold cards? Panini and Tops don't even make the cards. So be real careful out there. If you pull one of these, quote, special cards, it's coming from a vendor who has a relationship with Panini. And if, if anything happens with that relationship, it's gone. It's done. It's over. And Panini's not, the people that work at Panini aren't smart enough to find another vendor or work something out with you. If this guy never contacted him, he would have never found any of this out. Panini would have just been sitting there. Oh, yeah, hopefully this guy never contacts us so we can get away with this. It's like a crime. It's unbelievable. I don't want to spend too much time on that because I would, if you thought my language wasn't good before this, wait until I start talking about people getting ripped off that pay their hard-earned money for this stuff. Let's try to let's try to bring this back to a more positive thing. Again, we're going to get to the interview here in a second. First thing I want to point out, this, literally pause the podcast. After I tell you about this, pause the podcast and go watch these videos because these are brilliant. And I mean that it, I don't know this guy. This guy's not paying me to do this. This guy didn't ask me to say this on the podcast. I watched these videos on YouTube and I was like, this is some of the most brilliant, unique stuff I've seen. With all these people in the hobby copying everybody else and, you know, the manufacturers copy each other. Every blogger just copies what somebody else, what other, some other blogger put up. This was some of the most unique shit I've seen in, in five, six years doing this hobby. Uh, the user is called The Breaks. I think his his YouTube, I'll put links in this in this show. Show number one, what are we on? I don't know. You you know the show we're on. Go if if you want to if you can't find this stuff on YouTube, um, come to my my website and I'll have links to these videos and stuff. Uh, it's called the breaks. It's like a mini series on on cards. And I think his YouTube um, name is Watch the Breaks. You could probably search Watch the Breaks all one word YouTube or something like that in Google, and it'll pop up. Um, in case you don't want to come to my website, um, just I mean. These are so creative and just so they just made me smile and laugh. I don't want to. I just want you guys to watch these videos. Trust me, if you enjoy listening to my dumbass babble on for an hour about cards, you guys are going to love these videos. They're it's they're little shorts, you know, three, four, five minute videos about a guy that's basically cards are getting in the way of him living almost a normal life with his with his relationship with his girls with his living you know a normal life cards are getting in the way and it's just absolutely brilliant i love him i i think he's done about three or four of them so far and i can't wait i hope he does more and i hope you guys all support him and get on and tell him how cool these are so he can that motivates them to do more because these are absolutely brilliant. Um, watch the breaks on YouTube. It's like the breaks is a mini series, and I think there's been two, three. There's been at least three of them. There might be four. Um, absolutely brilliant, and literally, seriously, pause the podcast, stop what you're doing, go watch them. You will thank me if you haven't seen them already. Absolutely, I can't say how much I thoroughly enjoyed them. Just absolutely. Brilliant, in my opinion. And it, real these are the kind of people we need more in the hobby. We need more talented people like that that aren't just saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to start a blog and do the exact same thing everybody else is doing. No, this guy's doing something totally different that I haven't seen before. 
and obviously is extremely talented with video editing and, and recording and and obviously has friends that are willing to help him out record these things just brilliant brilliant stuff next we're going to actually get into more of here most of you guys listen to this podcast and i really appreciate it and i'm sure you listen to other podcasts out there in the hobby my brother has one cardboard connection has one i think there's some other beckett has one now i've never said that i think theirs is kind of new i think if you go to beckett radio on twitter I'm sure if you go to Beckett.com, you're going to be able to maybe find it somewhere on, on their website. Their website's really big and kind of expansive. It might be kind of hard to find, but they have a podcast. I don't know how many episodes they've done. I don't know how regularly they do it, but I've seen people talk about it, basically. So check that out if, you haven't, if you're not aware of that. Lastly, another podcast, which is, I don't know if I want to tell you how old this young man is that I'm going to bring on here as an interview because I almost want, I want you guys to guess how old he is. And a lot of you guys are going to overshoot it because this guy sounds real mature. And, and if, if, if every young man is like this in the world, we are in a, like the world's in a beautiful place. The world is going to be all right. In my opinion, this guy is intelligent. This guy knows this stuff. This guy's passionate about his cards. This guy really, um, you know, wants to build a future not only in the hobby but in broadcasting and stuff and is taking charge at a really young age, much younger than almost any kid I know. And so we're going to get Ryan on from Ball Cards Radio. If you want to go to his website, I'm pretty sure you just type that in Google Ball Cards Radio. Um, he also does, he hosts this podcast on Blog Talk Radio. Most of you guys are probably familiar with that with Mojo does their podcast there. I think Cardboard Connection does their podcast on um blog talk radio and and this ball cards radio is is on blog talk radio so you could probably go to blog talk radio and just search it or you could do a search in google i will provide links to his shows and and other information twitter and stuff like that and his website and stuff inside these show notes too if you want to find it there but pause this podcast go watch watch the breaks on youtube the breaks mini series on youtube and if if you have time Right now, pause pause this podcast and go listen to Ryan's podcast, uh, Ball Cards Radio. I think it's every Sunday, I want to say he does it, or almost every Sunday he does them. And it's it's fantastic. He's got great, um, just enunciates his words very well. It's one of the more uh, entertaining podcasts I've listened to on cards. He stays on topic. It's very interesting. He had interviews last week with Tracy from... Panini and a gentleman named Clay from Tops that I found to be very interesting, very informative, especially the one with Tops. We hear, you know, no offense to Tracy, but we hear about we hear Tracy on a podcast almost every week. On um, this gentleman from Tops, we don't necessarily hear from all the time, and so he had some very insights on their apps and insights on different kind of things. Um, I encourage you to go check it out. And so we'll be back right after this. With our interview guest for today, Ryan from Ball Cards Radio. And we are back, and I'm really excited to be joined today by Ryan from Ball Cards Radio. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, um, I think you contacted me maybe a month or so ago, um, you know, talking about what you've been doing. Maybe 
let everybody out there know maybe first just a little bit about yourself and, and what kind of cards you've been collecting and, and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Ryan Kent Jr. I'm 14. Uh, I'm a freshman at Batesville High School in Batesville, Indiana. Uh, we're known for basketball, making caskets, and making hospital beds. Wow. So uh, if you ever get to, the chance to come through here, don't stay for very long. <laughs> but uh, I've been collecting cards probably uh, for about 10 years or so. Uh, my grandpa really got me into that. I've had a lot of fun doing that and uh, meeting a lot of people around this hobby and everything. And uh, it was August 7th of this past year. I ran into Jerry Childs, who is the founder and CEO of the Sports Addicts Media Network. And uh, at the time, it was just Sports Addicts, and now it's Sports Addicts Media Network. Because uh, January 1st, we launched our new network. And uh, I've been really excited to be a part of this whole process and have, have had a whole lot of fun with it. And uh, then uh, January 12th, on the Sunday there, I started my show, Ball Cards. Uh, I've had a lot of guests on, had a lot of athletes on, have a lot of a lot more stories I want to cover about this great hobby we all like and that we all love and that we've all grown up with. And uh, just one reason that I really like to uh, do the show is, you know, the, there's women in the hobby, uh, like Susan Legita from Becky. You know, she, she gives her his opinion. She gives her opinions, excuse me. Uh, you know, from the woman's side of view, of course, there's a lot of guys. I think of their side of view. But there's not, uh, you know, somebody that's really under 18 uh, that's, that's a lot younger, kind of like I am. Uh, that really gives their opinion on this hobby. That's one reason that drove me to to want to do the show ball cards. Nice, nice. Well, what kind of stuff do you collect? Like, are you a baseball fan, a football, basketball? Do you, what kind of stuff are you collecting these days? Uh, I'm really into the NBA. I'm a, I'm a NBA Pacers, uh, big Pacers fan. Uh, I'll be a season ticket holder starting next year. Uh, go to quite a few games with with them and love watching them. No, I'm not a bandwagoner. I've got a lot of the old uh, Jermaine O'Neal jerseys and TJ Ford cards and all that type of stuff. So I've been with them from day one, but uh, stuck through some hard times there. I'm a big Reds fan, uh, Indianapolis Indians season ticket holder. I uh, have a lot of fun up there doing a lot of the games and getting a lot of autographs up there. I'll be doing some broadcasting up there as well this year uh, with Tyler Kelman up in the radio booth. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Uh, but I collect a lot of baseball stuff. Uh, Alex Meyer, I actually go to high school with his cousin, Brian Helen. Uh, so I collect a lot of his cards. Plus, Cincinnati Reds, a lot of Pirates prospects. Uh, just a lot of baseball stars I like to pick up. Evan Longoria, Elena Cespedes, uh, Bryce Harper, Mike Trout, guys like that. Joey Vaughn. Uh, but then pretty much any of the young gun, uh, NBA players, Harrison Barnes, uh, Paul George, Lance Stevenson, guys like that. I like to pick up autographs of them as well. And then uh, for football, I mostly collect Colts or Bengals just because uh, they're pretty local. But that's pretty much uh, all I really collect. Okay, so um, so you collect the Bengals. What, talk to me. I'm a big Bengals fan. Talk to me a little bit maybe about your Bengals collection and maybe a little bit on this last season uh, that ended similar to previous seasons we've had. Well... Some people say Marvin Lewis is the best coach. Uh, I guess I'm kind of, there's one bandwagon, there's another bandwagon. I'm kind of, I got, you know, one arm and one leg in one and one arm and one leg in the other. And my head's sitting out just ready to hit the cement. Uh, so I don't know exactly what to, what to think at the moment. Uh, 
I got a couple Tyler Eifert autographs, a couple AJ Green autographs, one from Certified 2011. Sweet looking patch, I got three color patch. Beautiful looking card. A couple Tyler Eifert autographs, I mentioned. Uh, I got one of the Giovanni Bernard, uh, the like prism looking type of card uh, from 2013. Got fun football, the Ricky Patch autograph under 25. Uh, so that's my probably my, one of my biggest Bengals cards in my collection. But uh, I just think that uh, you know that was something that uh, the GM the Bengals had talked about was uh, he wanted to draft Colin Kaepernick. But the former offensive coordinator, who's now in Washington, wanted to draft Andy Dalton. Oh, uh, so instead they they ended up taking Andy Dalton. And uh, I know I spoke with Ken Brick from Seven Hundred WW in Cincinnati about this quite a bit, actually. And uh, he he had definitely agreed. Where this this offense can be so amazingly explosive uh, with just you know the running game with Green Ellis and Bernard as his passing game. Sanu uh, has come out of nowhere. Andrew Hawkins. Uh, what's the other kid? Uh, AJ Green. We got Marvin Jones. Marvin uh, Jones is in there too. Yeah, Marvin Jones. That's him. Uh, he's done really well. Uh, Jordan Shipley was supposed to be amazing, but uh, <laughs> he's had some injuries. I remember his cards were supposed to be sky high in value, but uh, right. that hasn't worked out for the best. But but nonetheless, that's uh, pretty much sums up my Bengals resume, I guess. <laughs> no, I could I could talk to you all day about the Bengals. I don't know how many fans of uh, this show are Bengals fans. So what I want to talk to you about, I, you know, obviously people are listening to this show and they're fans of podcasts. Let's talk a little bit more about yours that you've got going on your radio show. Maybe let everybody know um, what what time of the week it is. What I know on your last show you had um, Tracy and a gentleman from Tops. Talk to us about some of the stuff you've got going on there. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I'm actually currently working on an interview uh, with Mike Trout of the Los Angeles Angels. Uh, I'm working on an interview with him, talking to his agent, doing some things. Also working with Richard Sherman. Uh, that yeah, would be that great. would be an interesting interview. Yeah. But uh, trying to get him on the show as well. Uh, but for nothing else, I do. Uh, I also do a little thing uh, on the Sports Addicts Media Network with uh, Spotlights. Uh, it's basically like a thing where we'll sit down with somebody that's really interesting in sports. And actually, tomorrow night. Uh, well, the first episode, I'll have Mr. CJB. I uh, follow him on Twitter at CJB44, a big motivational speaker, former pro baseball player with the Cardinals. I'll have him on the show for about 15 minutes, and we'll be talking about his career and what his future plans are. Back to what we were talking about with my show. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing quite a bit with the Sports Cards Memorabilia. Uh, it's every Sunday from 12 to 3 Eastern Time. Check it out, ballcardsradio.com. Click on, listen. Click on the Listen Live link, excuse me. And uh, go down and hit the ball, hit ball cards, and uh, you should be able to listen to the show. But uh, it's, it's been an exciting journey so far, about a month and a half in, and uh, actually about a month in. Uh, excuse me, I've been sick lately. I'm on more steroids than A-Rod is. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, uh, that's pretty much my show for you. I, I try to get a lot of different insight from different uh, different people around the hobby and get a lot of different opinions together, talk about a lot of stories. Uh, talk about a lot of people and what really drives this hobby and some of the things that maybe some people don't always you know, know about and some things that people don't always give much attention to. We try to bring those up as topics and uh, talk about it for three hours or something. Very cool, very cool. Let's you know you 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 have a young young man's perspective. What's what's your just kind of 
overall maybe opinion of the hobby where what kind of direction do you think it's heading um in in your short life maybe talk a little bit too about the some of the changes you might have seen yourself well i think that you know in the 80s and 90s of course i wasn't alive yet 80s 90s early 2000s late 70s uh from about 78 79 until about 2000 and probably 2000 2004, somewhere around there, 2003, 2004, uh, I think we really saw a big boom in collecting. Uh, and sadly, that big spike ended right as the autographs and memorabilia were starting to get into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you always hear stories on forums, Blowout, FCB, uh, Cardboard Connection, different places like that, Beckett. Uh, hey, my name is Jeff, and I recently got into the hobby after an absence of 15 years, it's like, this guy's, you know, 45, he started collecting, he was 30, and it's like, you know, hey, welcome back, but you're, uh, you kind of missed the, you kind of made an awkward jump, and I think that's something that a lot of collectors have done, Uh, because you see a lot of these guys, uh, especially at card shows, you know, late 30s, early 40s, uh, at the time, they didn't have the money, they were going through college, they didn't have the time to buy a lot of the cards, uh, but they did it as a young kid. Uh, before they moved on in life. And uh, now you see McCart shows. Uh, some of them, you know, now have jobs, and they're the ones that are opening the $1,500 Panini Flawless products, mm-hmm. the $700 National Treasures, the $600 Panini Immaculate, uh, you know, the really expensive top five-star boxes, things like that. And I think that's something that you, these t- these companies, excuse me, you got to give them credit, though, because they have, they've pushed out the markets, but they've pushed it out in a lot of different directions. You know, there's products like Triple Play and Opening Day for younger generations. School football used to be one. Even basketball used to be one. You know, you don't get a ton of cards, but it's to the point where it satisfies the younger generation. Uh, uh, hey, Dad, you know, I got a Kevin Durant card. It's for a dollar. You know, I'm crazy happy. And, you know, as he is, he's growing up. He's a big Kevin Durant thing. That's, that's what makes this hobby amazing. But, uh, and then for the for a little bit of the older guy, the guy that's got some, some bucks, away and a wife that's yelling at him every time he orders cards uh, off of blowout cards or ebay or whatever the heck he's ordering off of uh you know where he can go out and buy a five-star box or an immaculate box or maybe uh every once in a i don't know new moon uh go buy a flawless case uh you know something like that and then there's the older products as well for uh, people like my grandpa you know he's 65 years old he likes looking at the heritage cards likes looking at the archives like some kind of things like that, but appreciates the the newer flavor and the newer texture of a lot of the cards. And appreciates the autographs and the memorabilia as well. So I think a lot of these companies uh, have done a really good job with that translation from ages three to you know one hundred and three. Uh, and you got to give them a lot of credit for that. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Talk to us too about you know you're you're fourteen, you're almost fifteen. I I don't know if you have a job or anything like that. Talk to us about being that age. I think some of us like me and and like you said, the older crowd that can just afford a, a five hundred dollar box like it's not much. Talk to us about how you budget your money and how you make your money go as far as possible, being the age you are. Uh, I do not have a job. This is what I'm devoted to. Uh, I 
you know, I have a little bit. Of, I have a little bit of sponsor money uh, just to get to do to get to do the things I want to do, like get to go to the summit, get to go to the national, get to set up at some smaller local card shows, get my name out there, uh, and get get out what I'm doing. Uh, hopefully, at least. Uh, but it's it is really fun uh, just to get to get to do all this, and I think you know one way that I like to collect is you know some of the things. I mean, like. For instance, the other day I was sitting in the car with my grandpa and my little brother. Uh, he's 11, and he's actually in the process of uh, working with him, trying to become a uh, show host or a writer as well. Because uh, he's got a lot of good insight in NBA and things like that. But uh, we grabbed a couple of Prism rack packs uh, from our local Walmart here, and I pulled a Paul George, one of the red, white, and blue cards. And, uh, you know, that card's like a $10 card, but... I was so, I, I do not know how, but I was so excited to pull that card. Uh, and it really did hit me after just laying up and I thinking, like, I put a $10 card and I about jumped out of the car. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not normally me, you know? Like, I can pull a $10 autograph from a box of Top Series 1 and it's like, oh, well, I didn't get a Kershaw autograph or something like that. You know, it's like, oh, well, it's, it's, it's okay. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's something like that that just really keeps us hobby going. And I was just like, that's something really cool, you know? Nice. Or, uh, you know, just different moments like that that really make me like for, for the personal budget type of thing, uh, I'm thankful enough that uh, I guess you could say my grandpa has stuck away some money uh, for me to be able to use to not throw around, but use in good ways, I guess really? I should say. Uh, you know, towards boxes and we go to card shows maybe once every three, four months. Uh, then we'll grab a box of, like, totally certified basketball or something. You know, nothing like we're buying $1,500 boxes, but, hey, you know, uh, 100, 150 bucks or less is worth it. Or get a couple boxes of bowling grill and a bowling draft or something like that. And have a good time just sitting there opening packs and talking crap and saying, this guy's crappy and this guy's really good. I wish I would have gotten this, but I got this. And go trade this and then spend a little bit of money and get that. And I realistically should have said, Oh heck, I could have just gotten three of these for the price of these two. But uh, hey, that's a hobby, you know. Right. right. I, yeah. Do you sell any card? Do you do, um, you know, do you raise any funds that way? Do you do you sell on eBay or anything like that? Uh, the whole eBay PayPal story is a long time. Uh, if you go to the contact us uh, page on ballcardsradio.com, I would be more than happy tell you the story but uh, I do not use email or PayPal for very good reason okay uh, I was I was hacked into and charged fifty six hundred dollars after my grandparents bank account and uh, yeah I got the death glare like you would never believe wow. but uh, <laughs> it wasn't me so all, all is good yeah. uh, I'm still going to be alive but uh, yeah so I do a lot, I do a lot of trading on Facebook and Twitter and a lot of things like that those are the places that, like, I've had Mike Kennedy on, I've had Rob Witt on, I've had Brian Renell on, Paul Meyer, and a lot of, you know, to a lot of people, those names don't ring a bell, unless if, you know, you made a trade with them once or twice. But it's it's collectors like that, it's people like that that really drive this hobby. And it's, it's their opinions, in, the, in their own right, that really make this hobby what it is. And the, that's the type of, you know, insight that the car companies need to hear. Uh, not just from, you know, Tracy Hacker, Clay Lorashi, not just from Susan Latino, not just from Ryan Ken, not just from Colin and Ryan Tennant, but from the Paul Meyer, the Brian Renault, the Rob with the Mike Kennedy. 
bring in those people, bring in their opinions, and put it all together. That's when you have to stop. Uh, but I do like to share it on Facebook and Twitter quite a bit, quite a bit and uh, have a lot of fun with that. Do you have any trading strategies out there? That's not something I do a lot myself. Do you have any strategies or, or things you you tend to do when you're trading? Funny story, uh, if, if I may. Yeah. Uh, I, I was at the baseball card exchange up in Indianapolis, Indiana. Andy Albert, uh, he's the owner. I've been going up there since I was about 10 years old. I know he had bought the shop out from a guy. And uh, he's... I want to say late 30s. I don't want to get punched next time I walk in the shop. But I'm going to go late 30s. <laughs> okay, I see. And uh, he's, he's a great guy and a great card shop owner. He has his head on straight. He, he, has the, he has the young feel, but he has the old experience, if you get what I mean. Right. Uh, he sees, he's like a, like a uh, I probably shouldn't use that reference. Anyways, <laughs> uh, he's like a nice teacher on scene, uh, for, for a good example, more appropriate one. But uh, he, he's done a, a really good job with, with that shop back to my store. Uh, I, was, I think I was 10 or 11 years old and uh, there was a box top series one and at the time I had a mating with Sean uh, Bowman Chrome autograph. I, think, I don't think it was top series one. Maybe it was Bowman Sterling or a couple packs of Bowman Sterling or something like that. Okay. I love 2010 Bowman Sterling by the way. If anybody just wants to ship me a box from my birthday it's March 10. There you go. Uh, <laughs> <I'm right here. laughs> but uh, I had to but uh, anyway, it was something like that. I think it was a couple of packs of Bowman Sterling. I had a Machado autograph. And uh, thank you. I think I was going to end up giving him like 20 bucks or I think it was five bucks actually. Uh, for me at least. But I think I was going to end up giving him five, back, five packs and five bucks. And I was going to get two packs. And I ended up getting a fourth pack of Bowman Sterling. And uh, I ended up getting a card from him as well. Uh, so I'm, I'm not a half bad negotiator. I can walk into a card show with 15 bucks, walk out with 800. Uh, I've done that a couple of times now. Uh, I think four in a row at Moeller, Moeller High School in Cincinnati, it's working Griffin Junior, Barry Lark and Shane Lark, guys like that. At the high school, uh, they have a big show there each year. We'll be set up there in November, actually. Oh, uh, Jerry Child, CEO of the Sports Media Network, uh, doing a lot of prizes and giveaways, as I was talking about. Uh, but it's a, it's a lot of fun getting going. And wheeling and dealing each year, and uh, I I always have at least you know one kind of big dollar money card that, that normally drives my sales, but I can go pick up a couple twenty dollar cards with split those for you know thirty forty bucks a piece. This past year, uh, back in November, it's every November and April. Uh, it's on Thanksgiving Day weekend and Labor Day weekend. I think now remember last weekend in April. Um, excuse me, but and I went in there and bought a couple of five dollar. I think it was about ten five dollar Marvin Jones autographs. I uh, kept one of them. I ended up selling the rest of the lot for one hundred and fifty bucks. So I sold nine Marvin Jones autographs for one hundred and fifty bucks, and I bought them all for fifty. Wow, and, uh, nice! I was, I, was, I was a happy little camper. So, uh, oh yeah. I love that. I love that. Is this, is this something, are you, I know we've talked off air about a little bit about this. Um, maybe talk to us about, I mean, there's going to be people listening to this and, and, and wondering, you know, you're 14, you're doing all this. What's your plans for, for the future? You know, by, by all, when you get old at like 18 or, or 19, what are, what are your plans, you know, moving forward? Have you looked that far in the future? Old at 18 and I really don't hope so. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've, done a lot of, I've done a lot of things. And here, actually, in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be a college visit uh, to a broadcasting school over in Ohio. 
Uh, I think it's just the Ohio Center for Broadcasting in Cincinnati. And uh going to be doing some things there, hopefully. Uh, that's kind of where I'm going to go to college at the current moment. Um, I guess you could say I'm an accomplished, uh, quotes around a golfer. Uh, talked to Wisconsin about possibly maybe go playing. Uh, that kind of fell through, but I don't know. I guess it's still an open door. Uh, but I'd like to go play college golf somewhere if I really could. Um, if not, hey, golf's always going to be there. Getting a job at ESPN or Sports Card Radio or at Sports Addicts is always going to be open to me. Um, so it's something that, you know, I just got to be like, I can go play at Pebble Beach, you know, whenever I want. I can just play Dustin Johnson, just walk in there and be like, hey, guys, it's me again. But uh, I can just walk into ESPN every day and be like, hey, guys, it's me again. I got some big yards tackle me. But nonetheless, <laughs> Uh, you know, I'd like to go to college and uh, and get a degree in, uh, I guess, sports communications. Uh, I I kind of like to be a uh, like a sports agent if my whole writing radio show type of thing doesn't work out. Um, I'd like to be a sports agent and have an agency and to handle players with money and different things like that. But uh, I'm very confident in my abilities and different things like that uh, to, you know, to be able to get to the top and maybe not get to ESPN or something like that, but to, to get where I want to go. And uh, that's just covering sports. And even if it's not talking about this hobby, uh, which it may not be, uh, probably probably won't be. Uh, but just talking about sports and talking about, uh, you know, things that we grow up with in America's pastime and, and just sports we all love. Uh, that's what I really want to cover and that's what I want to do for my life. So I've, I've thought about it. I've made a couple of different connections with some things, but I guess got to pass high school first, right? Yeah, yeah. Once, one step at a time, probably as they'd like to say. Um, let's. I have eight random questions I would like to ask you, and I'm, let's go. I'm going to start with if you were elected president of the hobby, and you could you could kind of wave your wand for a day and change a few things. What would you? What would be kind of on the top of your list? If I was president of the hobby, all right. Uh, do I have a lightsaber? Um, yeah, why Why not? You can certainly have that if you wish. It works for me. Uh, I'm going to make it blue, actually. Okay, uh, perfect. Just, just, to, just to get that going. All perfect. right. Um, how many wishes do I have? Just one, right? Probably, I mean, one or two, you know. I mean, it is a, just, it right. is a small I hobby. Need- Okay, um, we're going to, we're going to get rid of Rising, uh, we're going to basically get rid of Breakers TV, uh, <laughs> start something that's actually legal, nice. um, what else should I do, uh, we're going to get, well, I can't really get rid of Redemptions, uh, we're going to get rid of sticker autographs, uh, we're going to make more on-card autographs, um, we're going to make more player fan experiences, more player collector experiences. Um, I always thought it would be amazingly cool if one of these days uh, you can have a barcode on, like, a mic try autograph, and on the back of the barcode uh, you have, like, a little scanner thingy and it popped up a video, and it'd be, like, Mike Trout saying, Hi, congratulations, you just received the 2014 Top Series 1 Mike Trout autograph card from Tops. Hope mm-hmm. you enjoy. I always thought that would be really cool. I always thought it would be a possibility just for uh anybody wants to patent that. Uh, nice. But more, more, more on-card autographs. I know PE does a great job with that. And a lot of their more expensive products. That's the issue. It's more expensive products. 
more of the fifty to sixty dollar to seventy dollar products. Um, because I think for a lot of people, not just like myself, but a lot of the people that can't go out and buy, you know, a box of National Treasury basketball or a box of Gold Standard basketball, um, I think we should do more towards that. Uh, not so many, not so many playing jersey cards. I hate opening a box of of, of cards uh, and getting, you know, for for my forty bucks, getting uh, sitting next to me is a Matt Ryan playing black. Uh, jersey card from Panini Black Football. Uh, you know, cool card, uh, okay player, but uh, it's just kind of boring, you know, especially when it's a black card, it's a black color card, but can't do much about that. But get rid of, get rid of to some point, redemptions. Get rid of Breakers TV, get rid of Razzing, all that, all that illegal junk. I love it. Uh, and then not, not, not as many uh, plain relic cards, more patches. Uh, once again, Panini does a good job with that. Uh, kind of a Panini fan, kind of tops fan, but uh, yeah, that's the hobby, right? Also, like Leaf as well, and yes. Upper Deck. Well, Upper Deck's personal service needs to be, they need to pay their bills. Nonetheless, uh, <laughs> Uncard Autographs, Last Redemptions, No Breakers TV, and more multicolored patches. Love it. I love it. I would agree. There you go. I would agree with all those, especially especially the first two. Um, what set would you recommend? Like somebody just getting into this, or somebody just interested in collecting cards? What What would you recommend for them to to collect? Uh, two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen, twelve. I'm just kidding. Um. Probably something like, I, I recently got the chance to, uh, Tracy Ackler very graciously sent me out a box of Pinnacle Basketball, his jumbo box. Um, I think I got like, oh jeez, three, four hundred cards for 90 bucks, plus a couple autographs, a couple relics, uh, a couple inserts, including a Kevin Durant number to 12. Um, a product like that, a product like India Hoops. Uh, I know they do a lot of football, a lot of basketball products, a lot of hockey products like that. Baseball, there's not a, there's not really a, a product like that other than Top Series 1, Top Series 2, Tops Update. Um, I wish they would do something like that where it'd be like, I don't know, 500, 600 cards uh, for 50, 60 bucks. Um, other than Top Series 1, as I said before. But yeah, there's the Bowman Jumbos, things like that. Those are 100 to 200 apiece. Um, but definitely something like an NBA hoops, a pinnacle, um, a score football, score hockey, something like that. Nice. Yeah, pinnacle. I noticed the card. Some of the inserts looked kind of cool. They reminded me certainly of when I used to collect pinnacle way back when. So it looked like they had some nice, uh, oh, yeah. nice technology in Very there. Very nice things. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually uh, sit- sitting next to me is one of the uh, one of the essence of the game autographs. Tiago splitter numbered uh, 149. One of the essence autographs. Right. He's a, he's a cool nice. Yeah, those are nice looking. They had some, those were nice cards. I, I looked through that. I, I haven't uh, opened any myself, but it certainly looked nice from what I saw online and stuff. Um, do you collect anything other than like sports cards? Is, is this something like your one and only hobby, or do you have other hobbies um, that you maybe collect kind of similar fashion? Well, uh. I'm in high school and I'm in marching band and something we do a lot 
this one time at bank camp. Uh, <laughs> I, I do a lot of like Magic the Gathering. I know it sounds stupid coming from a sports card guy. Um, or dumb, I should say, I guess. <laughs> Sorry if I offended anyone. But uh, anyways, um, I do a lot of that. I have a lot of fun with that. And something, something I told, you know, Paul and I told you this before, something that I find really interesting is, is these guys are ripping into $3 to $4 packs Imagine they have like hundred dollar box, like a hundred dollar box is the maximum, and nobody ever buys a box. Like nothing against all the lot of magic people, but most of them are not the most spendy, big wallet type of people. Right. Um. So you know they'll buy a couple of packs and they'll pull like a fifteen dollar card, and they are jumping out of the store like they're gonna run out the door, run down the street, go to McDonald's, get a big sweet iced tea, run back into the car shop. And have the sweet tea better start in the trash can, buy another pack, lose their money, and then be even for the day. That's <laughs> like that's how people operate like that. Uh, it, it's kind of cool to see. But you know, when I'm spending eighty dollars on a box, and I pull a five dollar relic card. I'm like, God dang it! <laughs> yeah, right. But it's 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 like that. But I've been going to Indy Five Hundred since I was two years old. I do a lot of autographing up there. Get a lot of pictures. Uh, I used to be known as the pin boy up there. I had a big red hat that was signed by A.J. Foyt, Mario Andretti, uh, lots of big-name drivers, and I had every single collectible pin they'd given out. Uh, nice. So I definitely do, I do a lot of things like that. A fun. Well, that sounds interesting. Um, do you have any favorite TV shows? What is a 14-year-old guy watching these days on TV? Oh, boy. Um... I like. I love Keith Olbermann. I love watching Keith Olbermann. Okay. Uh, I was watching. I was watching him right before I got to bed. Um, just to kind of finish off my night, I always watch Keith Olbermann just chill off my night. Mm. Um, also, a lot of like a lot of the uh, the investigative crime type of shows. I guess like the CSI, NCIS, things like that. Okay. Um, I watch a lot of like drum YouTube videos. I'm a drummer. Um, not your normal drummer with like the long hair and the pants at his ankles or anything like that but I just something I like to do takes out energy um makes me not insane um sports center Keith Oldman uh I like to watch I like to watch the Olympics right now I guess uh, I like to watch MLB Network a lot NBA TV a lot watch a lot of Pacer games Reds games Bengals games um Colts games that's about it, a lot of racing, IndyCar racing, at least. Um, NAPCAR, as my good friend Paul Palmer, Paul Palmieri uh, refers to, see. NAPCAR isn't very exciting, but uh, nonetheless, that's about it. <laughs> I love it. Well, are there any athletes out there that you would trade places with? Is there any athlete that you really admire, either their ability on the field or, or golf course or whatever, that you would trade places with right now? This is a guy that some Oakland A's fans, well, most Oakland A's fans will remember. Uh, some Stray Reds fans will remember. Some Rangers fans might. Adam Rosales. Um, I loved the guy. He worked his tail off uh, every single day. That's something I love about minor league baseball. But this guy was like as quick as Billy Hamilton. Maybe not that fast, but he, I mean, he could get around. Uh, I think he only hit one career a home run, at least out of the park. Maybe, at least while he's inside, he hit a couple more. But, uh, love watching him play, love watching him, love watching him work, and 
he's one guy I definitely would trade places with. I got to meet him a lot too, and uh, he's great to talk to. Nice. That's awesome. Um, what? I don't know how how well traveled you are, but it, either a place you love to vacation to, or a place you'd like to vacation to. Uh, I was in Vegas. I was in Las Vegas with Jerry one time. When I was in November, I was receiving the Purdue Baseball Foundation Award uh, for best ideas in media writing radio journalism, things like that, out of about 350 people. Got to go to Vegas for two days, stay in a really nice hotel and everything. It was fun. Yeah. Um, I love going to Charleston, South Carolina. That's some, that's one place where my family goes a lot. When I go down there and rent out a, a hotel, not, a, not, a, not an entire hotel, but get a hotel room and get a condo for the weekend nice. and uh, go hang out down there over fall break, usually. Um, Go to Orlando this spring uh, with me and going to Disney World performing there. Um, other than that, not anywhere else. Not anywhere else. I really, um, not anywhere else. Well, excuse me. Not anywhere else. I've really been. Uh, I would like to go to New York one of these days. Um, I kind of like to go to like uh, Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Um, it would be just. I don't know. I just want to go to Omaha, Nebraska. I'd scream Omaha as I get off the bus or whatever. <laughs> right. uh, but yeah. nonetheless, that's, that's about it. Nice. Yeah, I actually have yeah, family in Nebraska. I've been there. That's That actually is worth going to. And, uh, actually, and the, one, two more places. Pebble Beach. I'd love to go oh, to Pebble yeah. Beach. Yes. I'd, love, I'd love to go to Augusta. Oh, me, yeah. That, that would be... Pebble Beach is amazing. Um, on the right day, it is... Spectacular! I've not made it to Augusta. My grandma would go. She would go when the turn when the Masters wasn't quite the Masters yet. She would go um, and and get ideas for painting pictures. She was like a painter, and so she would paint pictures of Greg Norman and and Nick Price and the and the golfers of that era. All right. And it looks everybody that I ever hear talk about Augusta, they say it's. It's great on TV, but it's even better when it's even better when you're there. All right, so I, that, that's one place I'd love to go. Be sweet. Yeah, I hope you. I hope you can make it one day. Um, what? Let's see. The yeah, Super well. Bowl. Super Bowl's over. What team is going to win the NBA Finals? I'm an Indiana Pacers fan. <laughs> For a biased opinion, I'm going to go with the Pacers. Okay. Um, personally, I'm pulling for the Pacers, you know. Uh, but if the Pacers don't win it, I could very well see both statistically and as one of my more favorite teams, I could see the Warriors winning. Okay. I know that sounds dumb. They got a really, they have a good team, but they have, they also have a really young team. And like last year, I think they made it. Uh, one step from the Western Conference Finals, and they just lost to Denver. No, they just beat Denver, uh, and lost to who was it? Um, Maybe San Antonio, but I can't remember. Yeah, was was San Antonio? Okay. Yeah, uh, you're right. But um, uh, I just think that there's such an explosive offense now with Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Andre Iguodala, uh, Harrison Barnes, Kent, not Kenneth Free, Kenneth Free's on the Nuggets. Um, what's his name? Um, the center there. Oh, and they have Andrew Bogan and David Lee um, kind of in the middle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, like I said, I'm on steroids right now. I've been in the hospital a couple times this week. A lot of fun. Uh, but anyways, uh, um, 
I could just see them making a, a really big push uh, for the finals. I hope so. That would be awesome. I hope they. I hope they do this area, well, not my area, but you know, a little bit west of me really supports the Warriors, and they they have good fan support. And I think you're right. They have a good team. They're a little young. They're not winning as maybe as much many games as people thought they would right here in the beginning of the season. But um, certainly, once playoff time, they'd be a dangerous team. It's not a team I'd want to play if I was out here on the West. They have they have a lot of talent on that team. Um, Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. Who is there any actress or singer that you have a crush on now? Like who is Oh man. Who are you all who are you all over you. right now? Can't make this personal, don't you? <laughs> and when I was like eight years old, Miley Cyrus was the you know, she was the stuff when I was like eight or nine. Right. Um I don't know. I don't know. I don't pay I don't pay a lot of attention to the whole TMZ uh, Okay, excellent, excellent. Well, let's, 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 wait, I've got you on, yeah, it's, we're almost 40 minutes here, I probably don't want to go too much longer, um, what, let, just tell us again about, uh, uh, about how people can find you on Twitter, and people can find you, find your radio show, and, and, and what time, and what times it is, and, and stuff like that. Sundays, 12 to 3, ballcardsradio.com, follow me on Twitter, at Lil King Radio. Uh, every Sunday, 12 to 3 Eastern Time, lots of guests, lots of, got some giveaways. I'm actually going to ship some stuff out tomorrow morning uh, for the people that want some tops and some Panini cards. Um, courtesy of Tracy Ackman for the last year, we're tops and Panini, respectively. Uh, i be up on Twitter, at Lincoln Radio. Uh, feel free to go to my website, click on the Contact Us link. Uh, shoot me, excuse me, shoot me an email, uh, give me a ring, uh, I won't probably respond if I'm in class, but uh, maybe if Tiger Woods decides to call me, I'll be like, uh, yeah, can I take this <laughs> Tiger? And uh, that, that, that actually be pretty cool. I'm not sure if my teacher would believe it, but nonetheless, we're at the try, right? Uh, right? Other than that, uh, I don't know a lot of places you can get a hold of me. I'm kind of a, not exactly a shy person, but uh, I, don't know, I just don't like to get involved in too many things. No, I, I I perfectly understand that. Um, may, any parting words for the faithful out there in the sports card community? This game's so rough. He's right there. Tell me no touchdown bases. Down the Blackhawks have won the pennant. The Blackhawks have won the pennant. Down goes Kane. Down goes Kane. That's one thing I love. Um, uh I was I was in a Twitter war earlier. It's not a Twitter war. Uh, I was in an interesting conversation with this kid on Twitter. I think his name's at ZH Grass or something like that. Okay. He was talking about how I said Gene Segura wasn't amazing and uh, how I said he wasn't going to keep up the whole 290 thing. I was talking about like when Segura was in the Angels system uh, before he got traded in the Zach, well, that's the Zach Green to deal, right? Um, and fought around some places there. Um, 
they were comparing him to Eric Ibar. And Eric Ibar hit like 280-something in his rookie year. Eric Ibar isn't an all-star anymore. Uh, Gene Segura hit 290 in his first season. I don't think he's going to keep that up through his sophomore slump and, and continue on from there. But, I mean, it's just things like that. Anyway, she was talking about how, like, I had no idea what I was doing with this. And uh, I invited him, you know, hey, you can come on my show and uh, you can be a co-host. And uh, we'll see, you know, really how much she knows if he thinks she's no more than me. He may, he may not, but nonetheless. Um, and he was just talking about how, like, I only had 300 Twitter followers. I'm actually right at 300, so they'll follow me so I can get past the 300 mark. There you um, go. I'm not looking great on Twitter. But uh, he was telling me how... Uh, I only had 300 followers, and I was following, like, 1,300 people. And uh, I was featured in the newspaper here in Batesville, uh, and on the radio as well. Uh, but for this, uh, for the for the award I accepted from Las Vegas in November 16th, I want to say it was, November 17th, maybe, uh, that weekend right there. Um, but I, I was on the newspaper, and uh, the title of it was, It's Not How You Start, It's How You Finish. And uh, I, I sent him a picture of that, and, and he said, well, big deal or something like that. Oh, well, whatever. But uh, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And uh, keep your head held high. Don't hope, dream. Um, don't say, I'm working on it. Say, I'm going to do it. Um, and people from there don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything. Um, I've, I've had to deal with that myself with all the bullies and different things like that. Um, but... That's my end quote says, hitting it straight up the middle, I'm going to like it is, and uh, I'm going to talk to my point of view. If you don't like it, hey, blow the bridge, get over it. I respect that. Nonetheless. I love it. I love it. And I'm a big fan of yours, and I'm definitely going to be tuning in uh, each week, and I'm sure many people that are tuning in now will be doing the same. Thanks again, Ryan, for coming on the show today. Hey, Colin, appreciate it, and uh, definitely appreciate the time. Hey, thanks to you.